Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Greater America, or at least in the 80 percentile range of Americans, uh, desire an in-depth study of the Word of God. I was surprised because I guess in the society in which we live, I was just a little bit surprised, but they had done the, the study and the survey and come to that understanding. And so that gave me great comfort. There's still people that are hungry uh, for the Word of the Lord to see what God would have said through His Scriptures. John said that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Amen. And so we have in our hands, amen, the very words of the Lord. If you want to hear what He says, read your Bible. Amen. And you will hear, amen, repetitively, amen, what the Lord is speaking, amen, unto us. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray tonight. I do this every once in a while. I don't give you a text, all right? So I'm going to pray tonight and just jump in. Amen. This evening, I know that makes some people uneasy, but you'll be okay. Amen. You'll survive. Hallelujah. We'll pray right now. Father, I come to you this evening. God, I'm saying thankful, Lord, for your presence. I'm thankful, Lord Jesus, for your word. God, it is a light. God, and it is life. God, I pray, oh, Lord, today, God, that you're able to anoint us, Lord Jesus, in this place this evening. God, let your presence, Lord Jesus, be made known in this house. God, let someone's life, God, be strengthened and ministered to by the word of the Lord. I pray, oh, God, today, Jesus, we need you. We need you, Lord, in this place here tonight, God. Speak something fresh into our souls and our spirits. God, will not fail to thank you and praise you for it. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ that we pray. Amen and amen. The church say amen. Amen. You may be seated tonight. There's one standing, so that's the reason why I said that. You may be seated in Jesus' name here this evening. Many years ago, many years ago, the Spaniards were besieging the little town of St. Quentin on the frontiers of France. This little town was in ruins. Many of the people in this little town were sick, sick with fever and greatly diseased. There had been a famine and there were not many supplies, not very much food that was left within this town. There were thoughts and speculation of treason that existed among many of the townspeople. And so one day the Spanish army shot over the walls a shower of arrows. Attached to those arrows were little slips of parchment promising the inhabitants that if they would surrender their lives and property, they would be spared. The governor of this town was one of the great leaders of the Huguenots. And as his so answer to all their inducements to surrender, he took a piece of parchment. He tied it very securely to a javelin and wrote on the parchment two words that translate into English this phrase. We have a king. And he hurled it back into the camp of the enemy. This was the one answer to all of their threats and to all of their inducements. We have a king. Can someone say that tonight? We have a king. Tonight I come to you this evening and I believe that 
many of us in the society and the world that we live in have been encompassed by our own antagonists, if you will. There are a lot of societal pressures that are upon us that are unprecedented. Crowding our homes, crowding our churches, our families, and our society. We are living in a generation unlike any other. We are contending this evening with legislation that no generation has ever had to entertain in their lifetime. Tolerance to a certain degree has eroded into acceptance at various levels. And any time, many times even within the walls of the church house. There are people perhaps dealing even within the sound of my voice tonight. Dealing with broken homes, broken marriages. Others are struggling to keep their head above the waters of addictions of their past, addictions of yesteryear. There may be some here tonight who have come hoping perhaps that they would hear from God because they have felt at times estranged from God, wondering if he has heard their prayers because they have not felt his presence. There might be some here this evening that this may be your last dish effort. You said, I've been to church, I've tried church, I've heard preaching, I've heard ministry. This is my last ditch effort trying to decide whether or not this God thing, whether or not this church thing is really important enough or if it's just a bunch of hype bunch of smoke and glass and just sounds of lights and such. There are things outside of the walls of this assembly tonight that's clamoring for our attention. Amen. There is a world out there and very simply at time is there beckoning for us, very intriguing to us. But I'm here to tell you this evening, they're saying this, just surrender. Just surrender. Just give in, if you will. Throw caution to the wind with abandon. Just surrender all to all the pressure, to all the enticement of the modern day society. Don't fight it. Just give in to it. Who cares about church? Just throw that away. That's highly overrated anyhow. But while we may be pressured on the outside with words of surrender tonight, I believe I'm among a group of people here this evening who have gathered together on a Sunday night for the next several moments with a purpose of sending a message back to the adversary, the antagonist of your soul. And the answer is this. We already got a king. We already got an answer. We we already got a deliverer. We already got a hope. We have a king. Someone say amen. We have been appointed this evening to his charge. We have been appointed this evening as his subjects and to his kingdom. We have been appointed for all the house of the house of God. Can someone say amen? One of our greater frustrations today is this, and that is people have trouble finding their place, finding their place in the church, finding their place in the body of Christ. Too long uh, we have tried to make it on the shirt tails, if you will, of others that have went before us. Many, if you will, are, are, not, are, are misplaced, if you will, in their minds and they can't find it then in a reality physically for what's taken place. I thank God for his faithfulness. I thank God for his hand that is always persuading us. But I am convinced tonight that there is a group 
group of people here that will claim God as their king. I ask myself in the generation that we live, where are the Joshuas of the years gone by in the book of called the Bible? Where are the Joshuas who even in his elder years, the Bible says his golden years, he lived his life in such a way that was representing of God. He lived his life in such a way that he appointed people, households, and command over his nation and he spoke concerning his own house he said as for me and my house we will serve the Lord I wonder about the Josephs that although he went through the pit and the prison and everything that he had succumbed to that he kept faithful to the Lord although there was the persuasion of Potiphar's wife upon his life he knew what his place was you know what he was saying I already got a king I already got a master I already got a savior one that I am loyal to we need to be like the Levites of old in the Old Testament it was their job description that when the ark the presence of God moved they would put their shoulder under the ark of the covenant that they might feel the burden the weightiness the heaviness, the gravity of his presence. We need to be a Nehemiah that would arise in our day as he did in his day and say listen to me. I'm not going to listen to the discouragement of Sanballa and Tobiah, the succumbing discouragement that's going to come to me. I'm not going to listen to that. I'm not going to listen to the naysayers because I'm doing a great work and I can't come down. I already got a king. Can someone say amen? In the scripture... Ittai understood the importance of his place. He could not be swayed from his place. He could not be anywhere else but the place that was decided and given to him. It was during the time, according to the Old Testament, that Absalom had pronounced himself to be king. He was trying to usurp the role and the authority of his father, who was the present king, trying to take over, if you will. David urged this man by the name of Ittai. He said, Ittai, why don't you just go on and turn toward Absalom? Be, be reverent and be faithful to Absalom. Ittai said, no, I cannot do that. And here Ittai was a stranger to Israel. He was a Gittite, the Bible said, not an Israelite. He was a stranger to Israel. And David thought there was no reason for him being a stranger, being a foreigner, for him to be a fugitive, running away from Jerusalem, to be put out of harm's way. Amen. He said, why don't you just go on and follow Absalom? You don't, you don't have to follow me. For that matter, he'd only been there. He'd only showed up at Jerusalem just a few days earlier. And yet he's going to be loyal to King David. But Ittai's response was this in 2 Samuel 15 and verse 21 to David. And Ittai answered the king and said, As the Lord liveth, and as the Lord the king liveth, surely in what place my Lord the king shall be, whether in death or in life, even there also will thy servant be. Do you know what Ittai was saying? I know you're saying just go on. You've only been here a few days. I'm a foreigner and a stranger and there's no need for you to follow me into the danger that we are going into. He said, but the day that I came here I made you my king. The day that I came here I adopted you as my own. And so David, wherever you go, 
that's where I'm going to go. If it means turbulent times, then I'm willing to go there myself because I have made you my king. Can I tell somebody today that God is looking for a people that is loyal? That whenever the times are high, they're going to claim him. And whenever times are low, they're going to claim him. That whenever they're healthy, they're going to claim him. Whenever disease strikes their body, they're going to claim him. He's looking for a people who will take him as their king. Ittai bore his name well. His name meant near. It meant timely. It meant with the Lord. He said, my place is where the true king is and not some self-appointed king. So I'm not going to go follow Absalom because you and I both know who king is. I'm not going to go follow him. He just gave himself a name. He's just given himself a position. He's got a few people around him that will rally around him that says he's king. But we all know who the true king is. We all know who has the authority. We all know who has the command. It doesn't matter really what he says, what he says of himself, or what others say of him. We know according to the law who the true king is. And so I'm not going to set under something false, something pseudo, something that says it has power but has no power he says I'm going to place myself under the power of the true king he says I'm your servant David I'm your servant David and a servant goes wherever his master is amen in other words I've been appointed to be your servant and you are to be my king folks our place is to be by with alongside our king it's to be near him is to be with him, even to the degree of the New Testament scripture says we can be in him. Amen. And he in us. It is the location, that place, that appointed place is a location that we ought to be. That's our appointed place. Moses was a man that needed a place. He was born to Hebrew parents during a time of restricted Male Hebrew births in Egypt. He remained in the confines of his family, the Bible says, for about three months, only to be put in a basket of bulrushes in a river. He needed a place. Being found by Pharaoh's daughter determined his grooming in the ways of Egypt for the next 40 years of his life. But there was something about that place called the palace. That did not harmonize with what he felt he was by nature. Certain mannerisms expected of him limited his true self, bound his true self. He needed a place. And so the next 40 years segment of his life, the Bible tells us, would be spent on the backside of a desert, tending to his father-in-law's sheep. He had an honorable occupation. He had a pleasant wife. He had children, but he still needed a place. And though as the deliverer of the nation of Israel, he experienced, the Bible says, that burning bush on the backside of the desert. He experienced a rod becoming a serpent and then a rod again. His hand he put into his bosom 
it became leprous. He placed it back in, and it was made whole. The Bible says Moses had witnessed all the ten plagues that came upon the Egyptians. He had ascended the mount of God and remained there twice for 40 days and 40 nights. While there, he received the Ten Commandments. He received the law of God. He received the pattern to the tabernacle that was in the wilderness. And yet, after all these things, Moses still said to God, God, show me your glory. And God said, Behold, there is a place. There is a place by me. In other words, God said, you want to see my glory? He already seen the plagues of Egypt. He had already seen a leprous hand be made whole. He had already seen a rod turn into a serpent. But God said, if you want to see my glory, then you got to get in the place that I have for you. If you want to see the glory that I have for you, you got to get in the place that I have for you. There's a location where something should be, where something ought to be. Amen. It's appointed for you and it's by me. Someone say amen. Folks, you've not seen everything that God has for you until you get where God wants you. Hear that today. You have not seen everything God has for you until you get to the place that God wants you. You say, well, I've experienced this, and I've experienced that, and I've seen this. All of that's great and fine. Moses had a lot, a part of his portfolio, too, that he could say that I saw God do this and heard him say this and that. But he did not see the glory of the Lord to the magnitude that God wanted to show his glory to him until he got in the place that God wanted him. Honey, I'm not satisfied to live this life living beneath my privilege. Amen. I'm glad for what I've seen of the Lord. I'm glad of what I've witnessed of God. But if he has a Paul McGee ordained spot for me, I want to be in that place. I want to be in that position. I want to assume the role because I want to see the glory, the magnificence, all that God has in store for me. Someone say, for me. For me. Bible says David was a man that was attending to the house of Saul by Saul's own request that he would come and be his armor bearer, serve in his army because David was a man of war. He was a man that fought often and was successful in his fights. And so Saul wanted to send him out, bring him back home, being successful, amen, under his kingship and so David David was oftentimes found sitting at the table of the king sitting at the table of royalty because he was one of the high ranking officers and officials in the army of Saul there was a particular time though there was a little animosity a little cross if you will between David and Saul as a result of that David kind of kept at distance but the Bible states something very well that he went to visit his family because they were going to have some sacrifices they were going to offer to the Lord. He had asked Jonathan, Saul's son, if he could get leave to go on this trip. Jonathan and David were the closest of friends. The Bible says that as David was gone to his family with this festival, as it were, that David's empty place was noticed at the banquet table where Saul and Jonathan and Abner and other high-ranking officials usually sat. 
Both days that David was absent, both days that he was not there, the Bible mentions that David's place was empty. Not just that it was empty, but that it was noted. Not that it was just empty, but that it was noticed. Jonathan even told him prior to his absence that, David, you are going to be missed because your seat, that place where you normally are or where you're supposed to be, that place is going to be empty. That location is going to be vacant. And not coincidentally, that place and that location was strategically in the presence and maybe even near to the king. Come to tell somebody here this evening that there is a place for you. There is an appointed place for you. God does not haphazardly cast each of us just any place within his body. The Bible says that he set each joint, each member in its rightful place as it would satisfy him. So you have a God-ordained place in the body of Christ. There is a place for you. Amen. And here's the thing. In that place, it's a place where you can serve. Serve all the aspects of the house of God, all the aspects of the kingdom of God, and not surprisingly today, wherever you are in the body of Christ, you're close to, you're near to, you're beside, if you will, him. There is not the hand saying, I wish I could be the nose, or the nose saying, I wish I could be the foot. The book of Corinthians tells us there's not that type of speech that goes on because all the members of the body recognize this. Whoever I am and wherever I am, I'm still part of the body. I'm still part of the body. And Corinthians is telling us right, though the church may be the body of Christ, the scripture says that he is the head of the body. And I'm telling you right now, if I am the big toe on the left foot, I am still in close proximity to him. If I'm the big thumb on the right hand, I am still close proximity to him. And also the only way I can function is getting the commands from the head. The only way I can have activity is commands from the head. And if anything is wrong with me, the head knows about it. And if anything is off kilter with me, the head knows about it. I already got a king today. There's a place for you. It's near to him. It's close to him. It's in his presence. It's in his presence. The Bible speaks of Esther in the Old Testament. Mordecai, in response to her plea, about her people being in danger. There is a decree that came from the king that on a certain day, massacre was going to take place. And Mordecai told her she needed to enter in before the presence of the king. She needed to plea for her people. And his words were after this fashion. 
who knows if thou hast come to the kingdom for such a time as this. She says, it's been 30 days since I've been into the presence of the king. She says, if I go without being beckoned by him, if I go without him asking me to come, there's a good chance if he doesn't extend his scepter to me that I will die. And he says, but who knows? He says, if you do not go, Esther, he said, God will bring deliverance from another place. If you do not go, deliverance is still going to come. <laughs> if you don't go, deliverance is still going to come. He said, but there is this thing that she has to wrestle with in her mind. I can either refrain from going. My people can, you know, be saved regardless. Or I can be a part of what God is going to do. And be a part of this deliverance. And the Bible says that she went in before the king unannounced, uncalled for. And the king did what? He extended his golden scepter and allowed her into the presence of the king. But folks, you got to realize that she was queen. I don't know if anybody else would have had the same favor that day. But because of her placement. I don't know if the normal Joe would have had the same success that day, but because of her placement, she was queen, and she was in relationship. <laughs> she was in relationship with the king. She was granted entrance into that place that others may not would have been granted entrance into. Folks, we are appointed a place for I believe the time in which we live. We don't need to begrudge the hour that we've been born in or the generation that we've been born in. I know some people you know, wish that they were born when Model T's were going down the road. Let me tell you, I'm quite happy with the generation I was born into. I'm happy with the vehicles and such that we have, thinking that perhaps a better time would be a better place. No, God God's got you upon this green earth for the number of years that you're to live upon it with great purpose for a certain reason and a certain purpose. And I'm just saying, God, show me where my place is. Show me where you want me because I understand I'm here for a season and I don't want to in any way shrug off the appointed time that you have me upon this earth. You've been appointed. Someone say, I've been appointed. You've been appointed for a place in the kingdom of God. Someone say, Amen you'll stand with me here this evening we already have a king there will always be a voice of surrender there will always be a voice of surrender they'll be chiming trying to persuade us to surrender there will always be something else some fanfare some bandwagon that goes by to the natural eye seems more illustrious, more, more lights, more switches, more buttons, with the appearance of that which is appealing. But we already have a king. If we can just bow our heads in this place today, we come to a realization tonight that God has a place for us. We really need to come to terms with that here this evening. That God has a place for you. What you need to be asking yourself tonight is if God has a place for me, I'm going to ask him to help me discover where that place is. I'm going to ask him to help me discover where that place is. That although I've experienced a certain level, if you will, of God, 
experience a certain feeling, if you will, or experience a relationship with God. I want to be in that place where he is, where I'm in his presence, where my loyalties are to him. And as Moses, I can see the totality, if you will, that I can stand in this human body, the totality of his glory. See, it's no accident. It's no accident that each of us walked into this building on this Sunday night. It's no accident each of us have came in here at 6 p.m. to worship and give adoration to the Lord because there could be somebody sitting in the sound of my voice that's searching, that's looking, that's weighing some things in the balance of their mind. And God has just unveiled a little spot here in the cleft of the rock and saying, Sir, ma'am, i got a place for you. You've asked for more. This is your answer to more. You've asked for deeper revelation. This is your answer to deeper revelation. You've asked to feel me and know me to a greater extent. This place right here beside me, next to me, in my presence is the answer to all of that. Let me become your king. Let me become your king. Don't play to the voices that say otherwise. Don't play to the voices that claim something greater or something better. Let me be your king. And I'll be that to you. I'll be that to you when you feel low. I'll be that to you when you are confused. I'll be that to you when you're wrestling with thoughts of confusion. I'll be that to you when you have self-doubt. I'll be your king if you allow me to. But you got to be my servant you got to come underneath the shadow of my wing, under the shadow of who and what I am. And I guarantee you, i got a place for you. These altars are open tonight. There may be a sir or a madam. There could be a boy or a girl that's here this evening that says, God, God, I just feel lost in this world. I feel lost in this world. I have no sense of belonging to anything that I've made myself part of. I've been a part of clubs. I've been a part of other activities. And I've never found a place of belonging. God wants you to know where you belong tonight. It's with Him. It's next to Him. It's with your honor and your due diligence given to Him. There's nothing else that will satisfy. There's nothing else that will answer that void. There's nothing else that will calm that reasoning in your mind. He has a place for you. He's desiring to be your king. Some of us that are sitting here tonight perhaps have been warring within ourselves. Maybe I'll change allegiance. Maybe I'll go after the new flashy thing. Maybe I'll just go and subject myself to this or that. No, 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 sir. No, 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 ma'am. You need to find the tenacity. You need to find the tenacity tonight and just proclaim back. I don't care what you're offering. I don't care what you're you're giving, what, 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 what you're advertising. I already got a king. He's been the best thing that's ever happened to me. He'll grant me attention whenever I'm undeserving of it. He'll forgive me whenever I do my make make my mistakes. He'll provide love whenever I've not reciprocated it in return. He's my king. He's my king. He's my king. And I got a place beside him. Come on tonight. There's some voids. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.